Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the hump day at this in the yard much later than I wanted to be. It's one of those days where it seemed like everything that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. And it seems like nothing went right for me this morning. But, uh, but here we are. A little bit later than normal, but uh, better late than never. And it's been a big day. Signing day, some more cancellations in the SEC. But, uh, you know, let's talk about a little bit about, um, you know, kind of what's going on with all that. Uh, There's a lot of connections, reportedly, to Halloween parties and that sort of stuff and uh, kind of off-the-field activities. Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey kind of echoed that sentiment earlier today. But a lot of this stuff has just come from college kids being college kids. I know a lot of people have said, well, you know, football is going to have all this, uh, this infection rates are going to skyrocket because, because of college football, and that just hasn't been the case. And uh, I've read with great interest, even some of the, you know, the leading disease experts have said there just hasn't been any or very little, if any, player-to-player transference due to competition. It's incredible to think about that. It says a lot about you know kind of what we know, and as we move along, we we learn more. But uh, the bottom line is, it's go- it was going to be a full weekend of college football. It's going to be somewhat abbreviated now, as you guys know, your Bulldogs not playing this Saturday. We kind of talked about that a little bit on Monday that that was a possibility because I don't think that uh, many of our fans fully appreciated how close it was to being canceled last week. It's very, very close. And, you know, of course, people forget in the moment, you forget, well, we've had some guys that have opted out. We've had some guys that are transferred. And so that brings the number down. And then when you begin to think about, okay, how are we going to go fill the team, you know, with a bunch of walk-ons and that sort of stuff. And so it it gets pretty dicey. And the SEC has kind of put some protocols in place, you know, based on personnel groups. You can have one scholarship quarterback and be okay, you can't have less than seven offensive linemen, which is the case for Mississippi State. Six scholarship offensive linemen. Yes, you've got numbers, including four walk-ons. But um, you know, one, one of the young guys, you know, Grant Jackson's, you know, barely played at all, if at all. So it just it was it's not a good situation from a player safety standpoint. And not to mention, you know, when you've only got six scholarship offensive linemen. You've got to have a guy go down in the ball game, then all the depth behind him becomes walk-ons. And it, it could be a very, very dicey situation, to say the least. So speaking of dicey, Bulldog Burger Company, they'll dice up anything you want there. Culinary Kings there at Bulldog Burger. You've got to go check them out. Two great locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. I'm a big fan of just about everything on the menu up there. I mean, you're going to find some things that you're going to like, and you're going to find some things you're going to love. I think the best restaurant-quality hamburgers around, Bulldog Burger Company, I think you'll agree. Go by, have the spring rolls as the appetizer. Not too filling, but very, very tasty. You can even have those as an entree. 
Anytime Mike Nemeth and I go up there, that's what he gets. He gets a spring rolls and an order of fries. I always joke with him, that's a lot of carbs for a man on the prowl. But be that as it may, not that Nemeth's on the prowl, but you understand the, the reference. But uh, love Bulldog Burger Company. You will as well. And listen, this weekend, if you're looking for a place to go watch games, look no further than Bulldog Burger Company. You can have a great meal there. You can have an adult beverage. You can have a family day. Whatever you choose. Bulldog Burger Company. The place where people in Starkville and Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let me give you guys a little bit of a background here on kind of what's happened here in the last, so I don't know, week to 10 days or so. We talked a little bit on Monday about the Vanderbilt game, how it was kind of in a precarious situation. Began to get some reports Saturday night that there were a couple guys who were banged up in the ball game and that they would have to kind of monitor that over the course of the week because if they couldn't play, then the game would be in jeopardy. On Sunday, got even more of those reports. Now, as I asked Mike Leach on Monday, these are not new COVID positives. This is just kind of the wear and tear of college football season. And so I had somebody tell me last night that, uh, you know, you've got to have 53 scholarship players with which to play with. State's got less than that. You know, initially it was about having less than seven scholarship offensive linemen. I'm here, the state's right there at the number and uh, probably one or two beneath the number. And so there were some reports the state had paused football activities uh, that for the week. That's not true. They're kind of working through all that. They're going to do everything the SEC will let them do because this is kind of an unscheduled off week, as you know. So they're going to follow the same protocol that everybody else does. Uh, staffers were there at noon on Sunday to take their COVID test. And so here's the thing that I don't think a lot of you guys maybe fully appreciate. So, you know, the folks that work in the SEAL football complex, the SEAL junior football complex, you know, they don't really interact with the players that often. They're kind of, while they share a building, they they don't share office space. And so, when the team reports on Sunday for their meetings, it's really only, you know, essential team personnel that are there. You know, you don't have your recruiting guys there. You don't, you know, you don't have all the other, you know, the quality control analysts and people like that. You, you have the people that are there to facilitate practice. You don't have, you know, all the support staffers there. And I understand that they, that they were there at noon, took their test, and then, uh, you know, they cleaned the building. There's a protocol that everybody has to go through, you know, to, to kind of keep these uh, – to keep these facilities clean and free of infection. And then I understand that they had the uh, the meetings and they broke down the film. And, and I understand, listen, that, that was a positive and a negative type deal. There's a lot of rumors to get out about this stuff. I mean, most of them are just rumors. But uh, and one of the things that I was told is that uh, Zach Arnett kind of let his defense know. It's like, yeah, we, we went out there and created five turnovers, but we gave up almost 500 yards. We can and must do better. You know, I don't know how you feel about that. I feel really good about it. As a former coach, it's good that you can win a game and then still have teachable moments. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, you learn more at loss. Well, it's, it, it's true because you can't kind of gloss over your failures, you know, because when you get a win, you're like, you know what, we still won the ball game. And that's true. And sometimes that's a dangerous mindset to have. So, you know, I kind of like what I'm hearing about, you know what, yeah, great, we did this, yeah, we won the ball game, yeah, we created five turnovers, but here's where we got to get better. 
Here's where we got to get better. And I'll, and I'll say this with as much due respect as I can to Vanderbilt. We're not celebrating a win over Vanderbilt. We're going to celebrate every Mississippi State win. But, but you know, beating Vanderbilt should be the standard at Mississippi State. And so it's been a difficult year. So maybe that game means a little more to us. But we are not on that level of Vanderbilt. We are a cut above. And even in a difficult year, we have beaten Vanderbilt with a patchwork roster. You know what? They were kind of hurt for numbers too. But I think it's important to kind of understand that, you know, we, we should never be satisfied with the one over Vanderbilt. We should always say, you know what? We went out there, won that ball game, but we didn't do this, we didn't do that, we didn't do this. Yeah, we did good at this. Here's where we got to get better. Because let's be honest, I mean, Vanderbilt's not a typical SEC team. And granted, you know, we got Will Rogers out there and we got a patchwork offensive line. It's true. All those things are true, but it is still Vanderbilt. And again, that it sounds like I'm talking down to Vanderbilt. I'm just kind of calling it as I see it. You know, I don't think we should ever break our arms, patting ourselves on the back for winning the ball game over them. And to be honest with you, I, I don't I don't think that game should have been close, even with Will Rogers at quarterback. And that's not to diminish Will's ability, but he was a true freshman making his first college start. There's going to be some butterflies. And I thought the coaches did a really good job kind of scripting things out early on to kind of give him Austin Williams and Malik Keith on some pretty easy and direct throws. But, yeah, we should have won that game. But, you know, five turnovers, we should have won. There were a couple sustained drives they had with a couple, had a couple missed assignments on defense. But, again, you didn't have to lose the ball game or learn the lesson. But it is very difficult sometimes when you win a ball game to kind of drive the point home. You said, you know what, yeah, yeah, we won, but here's what you did. Let's be real honest with ourselves. Let, let's, let's make sure that we're all honest with everybody in the room. Should have done this, should have done that. I like the fact that, uh, you know, we don't kind of glass over our failures just because we won a ball game. That's the mark of good coaching. It certainly is. So after Sunday, you know, we began to kind of hear – some things, too, that, uh, you know, Sunday night, we're like, you know what, hey, the, the game is in maybe in jeopardy this week. Kind of the same situation as last week, except the fact that we had a little more wear and tear on the roster, and we were going to be dangerously close to the threshold of 53, but also, too, with the offensive linemen. So that, that was, you know, that was, there was a concern. And then, of course, you know, Monday afternoon, 2 o'clock, the SEC kind of removes all doubt. We had talked about it a little bit on Gene's page, kind of handed around about it. But, uh, you know, until it's official, it's, it's not official. But Mississippi State, not alone in any stretch of the imagination. You know, first they, they attributed, and, and it's so interesting to me. I guess we, it's almost like, why don't you just say flatten the curve or whatever? You know, because like people are just kind of using it. Well, it's a, you know, an abundance of caution while State deals with the breakout. The truth of the matter is, we had enough COVID negative players to go play the ball game. You know, the contract tracing kind of limits you some, but the bigger issue for us, we could have, we could have rolled the same roster out there this Saturday as we did last Saturday, except that we had some injuries that prevented us from doing so. But that's not how it was reported by some people. You know, they go out there and report, oh, it's been an outbreak. And all of a sudden everybody freaks out. It's the same situation we ran a week ago. 
And again, Mike Leach confirms on Monday, no new COVID positives. That's, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Playing's not playing, right? I mean, either, either we're playing or we're not. So we're not playing a ball game, whether it be from COVID-related issues, whether it be related to, uh, you know, injuries or whatever. We're not playing a ball game. It's been postponed to December 12th. But again, state not alone. Alabama LSU postponed. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle that because, you know, LSU Florida has already been moved to the 12th. You know, what will the SEC do? Will they just cancel the game? I am confident that LSU and Ed Orsron would love to have that game canceled. Miles Brennan's now out for the year. They're going to ride with TJ Finley. Not to mention the postgame comments last year by Ed Orsron that were caught on tape, that were shared publicly. I got no problem with Ed's comments. I got no problem with Ed's language in the sanctity of his locker room. But you got to know that Nick Saban and his crew saw that, remember that, and they're ready to get even. And so I'm sure Ed Orgeron is saying a prayer tonight of thanksgiving that uh, they don't have to play Alabama and probably won't play Alabama unless there is a, an amendment to the schedule. You know, there is some discussions. They, they could move the, the playoff back. They could move the SEC championship back. I don't know how prolonged those discussions would be or how involved they get, it may be a situation where, you know what, we're just going to play what we can play and then make decisions from there. But Alabama LSU was off. And, again, I'm sure LSU was thanking their lucky stars because I think if Nick Saban could have got about 80, he probably would have. A&M Tennessee also off. Probably Tennessee probably feel, probably feeling pretty good about that. I think A&M probably needs to win. You know, A&M's top ten team. I bought the hype early on, then I kind of talked myself back a little bit because I thought, you know, Kellen Mond's going to find a way to screw this up. And so far he hadn't. i got to give the kid some credit. I've been a Kellen Mond hater for three years. He looked good against State last year, but then he had some other games where it was just a complete joke. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's playing well and playing well within himself. I think Jimbo's done a good job with him and, and good for Kellen Mond. But I think Tennessee kind of realized, too, that, you know, that they were facing a loss. And then Georgia-Mizzou, that could have been an entertaining game, especially with Georgia kind of coming off the, uh, you know, the loss to Florida, a bit of a hangover there against the Mizzou team that uh, has been a little bit up and down. But at the same time, you know, that, that game's on the road at, at Columbia, I believe. But, uh, yeah, it's correct. It had been in Columbia. I mean, you know, you know who knows? But that's off, you know, and then Mizzou's already got the game with Vanderbilt moved to December 12th. You know, so do we just cancel that game? Do we, do we push the championship game back? I mean, if Georgia's not going to be in the SEC championship game, can they play the same day as the SEC title game? And some people have suggested, well, Steve, what if Alabama and Auburn get postponed? Then Alabama and Auburn get postponed. There, there is an inferiority complex at times within our fan base. It's like, oh, well, if that's the case, they'll just bump our game out. So – our game is already in place, and so Alabama Auburn aren't expect, expected to play for you know another month or so, and so some of our fans believe well if that's the case they'll just move our game they'll just cancel our game so Iron Bowl can be played and I know there there are probably some people in the SEC office that are fans of those Alabama teams, alums of those Alabama teams, but we've already made arrangements with Auburn to play our game on the twelfth. I guess stranger things have happened, but I think you know, a lot of this stuff, these uh, you know, paranoid delusions we have are rooted in our own, own insecurities as a fan base. 
So what does that leave us now? What games are left to be played? Now you've got more games canceled than you have remaining on the schedule. But Kentucky and Vanderbilt scheduled to be played. Arkansas at Florida, South Carolina at Ole Miss. And, and all of those schools at some point have had to deal with some of this too. I mean, nobody's immune from this. Everybody's kind of dealing with the same thing. We'll pick those three games on Friday. But, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of discussion, you know, about that South Carolina Ole Miss game. But I, I think the game of the week is probably Arkansas at Florida. You know, can Dan Mullen get his kids out of the clouds and play an Arkansas team that uh, is playing with a lot of confidence right now? I think it's going to be a fun game. And since we're not playing, I'm looking forward to watching it. Looking forward to kind of sitting down watching some of this. You know, there have been some Big Ten games canceled and everything else. And, you know, of course, the Corona Bros come out immediately. And here it is again. Here it is again. I, I just I, I'll never understand the glee that some people take in reporting this negative news. It's like some, some people are so invested in their own narrative, they can't see the forest for the trees. They said for months, there's no way we could play college football. We have and we put some safety protocols in place to kind of keep everybody safe. That's working. Okay, that's working. Have we had some infections? Yes. But at the same time, too, they're not coming from competition. They're coming from college kids being college kids. They're going to go to parties. They're going to go down to the Cotton District. They're going to be in Tigerland. They're going to be on the square. They're going to be hanging out with other people. They're not always going to be protecting themselves. Yeah, I was told recently there were some old Miss players at ball game at uh, Louisville High School. None of them had a mask on. And you know what? Outside in the stadium, yeah, that's a personal choice, I guess. But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, hey, if you're 6-0, 7-0, and you're in contention for the SEC championship, you probably take a little better care of yourself, right? Don't you think? You know, you protect yourself for your brother. You know, because he's counting on you. You're counting on him. You're going to do the right things. But it's all interesting to me. It is. There's so many people out there that, that, that you know, suggested we couldn't play. And we are playing. And uh, I was talking to Mike Nemeth earlier, and we're talking about, man, you know, what a crazy year it's been. I said, you know, Mike, that's true. But, man, half a loaf is better than no bread at all. And there's nothing about this football season that feels normal. Nothing. But remember how lonely we were back in late spring? Remember that, how we were all locked up in our houses and we could barely go to the store. And then when you went, you, know, you, you look at your neighbor a little bit differently and, and maybe rightfully so. We were thinking, man, we got to play football. I got to have something to look forward to. I got to have something to feel good about. You know, then the NBA had the bubble and all that sort of stuff. And, and that was something. I don't even like the NBA, but I watched a little bit of it because it was just good to see some competition. And, you know, the hockey came back and, Baseball began to play, and there's no fans in the stands, but we felt like we had a little bit of something. But we were all looking forward to college and pro football, but mainly college. You know, maybe we've got a little more of an emotional investment in college football. And so I'm not going to complain about what we have because you know there are many people that told us we wouldn't have this. And so I'm going to appreciate what it is. And uh, hopefully with this talk of the vaccine, you know, hopefully being in, and being available by the end of the year, that maybe we can put this thing behind us and get back to normalcy next year. But if and when that happens, there are some things that need to remain in place, you know, starting with personal hygiene, that sort of stuff. And I think having all this hand sanitizer so available 
is probably good for all of us with, uh, you know, with, with all the germs and all the viruses in the world to kind of protect ourselves. A lot of, there's a lot of things that have been put in place safety-wise that will probably continue, and, and they should. I remember the big joke, you know, everybody's like, oh, you need to wash your hands several times a day, and you know, we should have been washing our hands all along. I, I've always been a, a good hand washer. And then people, I heard people complain about it. I'm thinking to myself, I think I'm going to need to shake your hand, you know. But again, a lot of people have said, well, you know, Steve, well, will we have spring football? Well, if we have, if we're playing fall football, why wouldn't we practice spring football? There's no reason to think we wouldn't. Then the big question is, well, Steve, what are we going to do for basketball attendance? And the answer to that question is, I don't know. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what happens here. You know, we're starting to see cases go up again. And, you know, that's they say we're in the fall surge or, or whatever. We're still getting some new cases. We're, we're not getting a lot of hospitalizations. You know, we're not, not getting a lot of deaths, but there are some. You know, so you still got to protect yourself because you can kind of talk yourself into a false sense of security if you're not careful. And I said, what about the baseball schedule? You know, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've been told we might go, you know, have an SEC schedule with four games. Per week, I don't know if that means that we eliminate the uh, you know the non-conference games entirely, but uh, if we play four SEC games, you know then you don't have to worry about the other leagues and their protocols and that sort of stuff. You know, so we'll see. But uh, it's going to be a different kind of season for everybody and for every sport. There's no question about that. All right, today's top ten list brought to you by the folks at my bookie. You know, my bookie's been around a while. They've been with me a while. You guys uh, should be well aware of them by now. If you're not, let me let me get you get let you get uh, acclimated here and uh, introduce you. We got college football left. We've had the uh, the NBA bubble this year. We had the UFC Fight Island. As I said earlier, it's it's been a year unlike any other. That's why you need a sports book which offers great payouts unlike any other. So get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boost lightning deals and free bets await you all year long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there's really no better time to feast on some NFL action. You know you'll be rooting for the Cowboys and, and the Detroit Lions, right? Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests they offer each and every week. Sign up and get reloaded today and find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform and giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you expect to find at your local casino. And the best part is the doors at MyBookie are always open. You can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play. Sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code BONEYARD. That'll get you deposit matched halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. Terms are really simple. You put in 200 bucks, they'll match you another $100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, that's basically house money you're working with. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on all the fun. Win some cash while you're at it. My bookie promo code Boneyard. So I had a discussion recently online. It was rather interesting. You know, for those of you who don't know here after we beat OSU, uh, I came out of retirement. You know, I used to be uh, a part of the uh, early 90s dance scene in the South, Went all over the South, mainly Mississippi, Louisiana, sometimes on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and all the way over to the Panhandle of Florida. We had a good time. We did. 
And uh, somebody kind of put two and two together. And uh, they remembered me from the 3G Daiquiri Depot in Bogalusa, Louisiana. That was my regular haunt on Wednesday nights. It was $7 all you could drink, and they lost money on me every week. I am retired from all of that vicarious activity now. So, well, we got to talking, uh, you know, online. He goes, hey, I remember this. And so we kind of got talking about dance music. And and, I, and listen, I was a house music freak, man. I, I loved it. Not just the techno stuff, but I loved house music. And, uh, you know, uh, in the Savello days, that's what we played. And and it was so much fun. And, and listen, I can get down a rabbit hole in a hurry, you know, listen to George Lamond and, and Debbie Deb and, TKA and so many other great bands that were uh, they're a part of that scene, but there was one artist, and as we kind of discovered, that everybody kind of loved, and probably the only guy from the house music scene that really have any top forty success, and that's Stevie B. So I decided to do a top ten list in honor of the early nineties dancing. I think I think everybody's heard of Stevie B, and you probably have danced to Stevie B. If you were, if you were in any of those great dance clubs in the South in the early 90s. I know you did because I was dancing along with you. But here are my top 10 Stevie B songs. Number 10, Dreaming of Love, which is a great tune. There's a, there's a couple of really cool remixes out there on the web, too, if you want to go check those out. Uh, number nine, one that was a little bit after his peak, is uh, You Are the One. Another, It's another great dance track. But you know, one of the things with Stevie, too, is, you know, his biggest hits, his chart-topping hits were uh, ballads. And uh, I think the highest charted song he ever had, I know it made the, uh, you know, the Casey Kasem Top 40 and the Billboard Top 40 and all that was uh, the Postman song, Because I Love You. And uh, that kind of turned Stevie B. Stevie B went from the clubs to Top 40 radio because of that song. And uh, it was so interesting, too, because, like, here's the thing about house music back then is you couldn't hear it anywhere other than the club. They didn't play it on the radio. A lot of times you couldn't even buy the stuff in, in the record store. You know, the sound shop or bebop could go order it for you. And, and sometimes they could find it. Sometimes they didn't. But there were a lot of times, too, because things were so remixed that um, you didn't know who sang what. And so unless you had a friend that was a DJ or you were in a band or something or you had friends that were in bands, it was kind of tough to know, hey, who sings that song? And you got to sing it. And, and so the cool thing for us back then, and you young guys won't appreciate this, but you could get a mixtape made. And I don't mean you make your own mixtape. I mean, like most DJs, you go give them 10 bucks and a blank cassette and they'll record what they're mixing and playing that night for you. And that's what you did. You rode around with a mixtape in your car made by some DJ that nobody else had. And so it was so special. And every one of those mixtapes, I guarantee you, Stevie B was on it. So it was a little different deal. And again, if you wanted to hear house music, you had to be in the house. You had to be in the club because there was, so, it just, there was no airplay for it. And so I think in many ways, we kind of formed a bit of a you know, kind of a fraternal organization. It's like the people that, that kind of frequented those bars and, um, you know, were kind of part of that secret society. I think we all kind of bonded together over these tunes. And so it's kind of nice to kind of go back and and, uh, and reflect. But uh, the Postman song was also off that great album, Love and Emotion. And that's your number seven song. Love and Emotion was also uh, on the top 40. 
kind of rode the wave of uh, Because I Love You, but Love and Emotion, a good track, but it's not really house music. You know, you can tell it's kind of made for radio airplay. Number six is actually my favorite Stevie B ballad, and it's not the Postman song. It's Love Me for Life, and that, that goes back to the earlier albums with Stevie B, and he had so many of them. There were a lot of them that were kind of independent. There were like some EPs that leaked out and stuff and got into the clubs, which is kind of the cool stuff because everybody's like, hey, have you heard the new remix of this? But uh, Love Me for Life goes back to the early days of the Stevie B catalog. And so now we get into the top five, and I think everybody that knows house music and knows Stevie B will tell you these are the, the top five. You know, when all this was first breaking, you know, everybody was going to Mississippi's and Hattiesburg out there on 49. And they were going to Fiestas and Biloxi. And everybody knew of Noel or Johnny O or Timmy T and people like that. And I don't know why everybody had uh, their, you know, Stevie B. It's like there's a trend there, right? But uh, to me, Stevie B was a cut above the rest of them. A lot of those guys were one-hit wonders with Stevie B. You could put a pretty good playlist together, and Roy has already put that out for you if you hadn't seen it yet. But uh, number five on the Stevie B playlist for me is Part of Your Body. And again, there are some really cool remixes out there available online. Sometimes you just could put in Stevie B remix on YouTube, and you'd be amazed at, the, at what they have. Number four, one of the biggest hits from the clubs for Stevie is uh, In My Eyes. And it's a little it's not a great dance song. It's a good dance song. It's, a little, it's not up-tempo enough for me. But uh, it's a good vibing song. Number three, a, a, an absolute killer dance song. Some days in my life, this has probably been my favorite Stevie B song, but uh, it's If You Leave Me Now. And there are a couple of versions. He did uh, one with Zaya, who was uh, from the Philippines, and she was a great uh, singer for the time. And there wasn't a lot of great singers in house music. There were a lot of people that just basically kind of got bound having equipment, you know, because they could come up with good tunes. And a good danceable beat, they just kind of faked it over the rest. There wasn't a lot of great singers and a lot of that stuff. You know, it was before auto tune, but they, everybody was kind of monotone. But um, Zaya was really good. And so Stevie B has remixed that multiple times. But if you leave me now, it's without a doubt the best dance song that Stevie B ever produced in my mind. Number two, probably the most people would have this number one on their list because it's probably the only Stevie B song that they really know and appreciate, have probably jammed in their own car, but it's Spring Love. And they re, re, remade it here a couple of years ago. Mad Dog actually had a little rap dog on it, a uh, rap part on it, the, the Spring Break remix. But uh, Spring Love, a great tune. So many so many things about that one, too, that uh, there's so much about that. It's- Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation 
Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. So interesting. Because I think anybody that was ever in a dance club heard this song, maybe didn't know who sang it or whatever, because I think it appeals to you know, a wide range of people. I think anybody that likes dance music at all, you don't have to like techno, you don't have to like Top 40, you don't have to like R&B. But I think Stevie B is one of those people that had some commercial success because he, he was able to appeal to a cross-section of uh, listeners. I think Spring of Love is going to put him over the top. But the best one to me, the best Stevie B song, is I want to be the one. And, and you'll know it as soon as you play it because you've heard it a million times on the radio. You just forgot that Stevie B sang it. So I want to be the one. Uh, great track. It's danceable. It's good vibe stuff. If you're looking for some stuff to put on your exercise playlist, I want to be the one is right there. I would absolutely put that on there. I think you'd feel good about it. And I think the world needs more Stevie B. I, I, listen, I don't know if, if you want to go get deeper into the catalog, because I have. I mean, I, I think I've listened to everything except for maybe his latest album. But I think the world would be a lot better if people kind of went back and embraced some of this old dance music that us old 90s old school dance. And, uh, yeah, because so much of it was just fun. And it was a great time for me, for the most part. It didn't end really well, but I had a blast until it ended. Uh, so, again, if you want to go back and remember those great times that uh, Cash's and uh, Kathmandu's and all those great places around the south, the moon out there in Tallahassee and there's so many great places that we went, so many great people that we met, and uh, man, we had an absolute blast. And so I hope when you listen to some of these songs, they take you back to a time when times were a little bit simpler, and uh, maybe you were a bit of a kid, and maybe put that on and, and maybe turn the bass up just a little bit for me, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a moment together. So that's your top 10 list. One of the things that has changed a lot besides the dance music since the 90s is uh, manscaping. 
It's a completely different deal. It's a different age. It's a cleaner age. And guys, we're in the holiday season. Let me give you some advice here so you don't carve up your own pumpkins when you're grooming. Because, you know, male grooming is part of the deal now. You know exactly what I'm talking about there. Manscaped's on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your intimate areas. And great news, they've now released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. It's not just for us cool Americans anymore. <laughs> Let's not forget the best trimmer available for your intimate areas. The Lawnmower 3.0 offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Nobody wants to have any, any trouble down there, I can assure you. One wrong move and <laughs> it's curtains for you. The new Weed Whacker Ear Nose Hair Trimmer is uh, uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. And that, that is such a pain, too. And it seems like the older we get, the more issues that we have with that. It's so ridiculous. You can kind of take care of that yourself now with the new Weed Whacker. Uh, the Crop Care Kit includes the Crop Preserver deodorant for your intimate areas. And everyone knows the pumpkin spice lattes and deodorant go hand in hand. Crop Cleanser Body Wash, a full body wash you can use on your hair as well as your body. The Crop Mop Wipes, you never know when an opportunity strikes. Maybe you hadn't had a chance to shower after workout or whatever, but you're still ready for some action. Grab the Crop Mop Wipes because you don't want to stink it up when you're uh, looking to get busy. If you're suffering for stank foot, and many of you do because I've been around you, and maybe it's because you're on your feet all day, maybe you don't have good feet hygiene, I don't know. But there's a product for you called the Foot Duster Foot Deodorant, and it's a free gift. You get the cooling tea tree oil, and that offers a pleasant experience for the nastiest of feet and allows you to take your shoes off in confidence. The Manscaper Fine Cologne is a cost-effective way to smell clean and fresh for your date. Crop Cleanser Hair and Body Wash was designed with aloe vera and sea salt to leave your skin fresh, clean, moisturized, and reinvigorated. If you're interested in these products, and you certainly should be, Visit manscaped.com and use promo code BONEYARD and you get 20% off and free shipping. How cool is that? We've run some stuff in the past where you get free shipping, some things where you get a discount. You get them both. So get 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com, promo code BONEYARD. Make your personal hygiene a priority this fall. Your significant others and romantic partners will certainly thank you and they may not necessarily be mutually exclusive. All right, so let's get into a couple more things before we get out of here today. Let's talk some recruiting, okay? Because here's the thing that I have learned about recruiting. You know, so about, goodness, how long have I been in the game now? So let me go back. It's been about 20 years, I guess, a little over 20 years. I remember, you know, when I had to get out there and grind and everything else, and sometimes you didn't know things and you couldn't get a hold of people and you didn't have phone numbers for recruits or you, and you couldn't get college coaches to talk to you because people kept you at arm's length and, and so sometimes you could say stuff and it would just like be in a vacuum because there was no accountability. And some people have never really graduated from that. You know, with competition and with the Internet and with social media and with, you know, more people in the industry covering recruiting, there's a lot more accountability. I mean, you can't just get out and just say whatever you want to anymore. It's because of the fact there's, there's an accountability piece now. And one of the things that I think, one of the reasons I think we have been so successful over the years at jeanspage.com is that we have told the truth. Good, bad, or indifferent, we'll just tell you the truth. Now, I've been covering recruiting for Gene, you know, I guess since back, uh, you know, early 2000s, I guess 2003, 2004. But, uh, you know, I've learned that, you know, you don't gain anything by withholding bad news. You know, if you know something bad's about to happen, 
It's better to go ahead and get it out there. And plus, I've been doing this so long now, I want to break the news good or bad. I, I don't want to just sit around and have to go hide on signing day because things didn't go how I forecast. And so this morning we get, uh, there's a report that one of the Ole Miss media people, and I use that term with Dr. Evil quotes, media people, because it's all such a joke. But um, it suggested that McKaylin Pounders is about to flip. You know, And you know what? He might. Who knows? He says he's not going to. He put something out there on Twitter that he needed to get an edit made for a video. And then people are like, oh, wait a minute. He's already committed. Why does he need an edit? What's going on? Well, here's what's going on. According to McKaylin Pounders, he's played his final high school game. Wanted to do something to commemorate that game for he and his mother. And so that's what he's looking to do. He's looking to have video together, put together. And that's what he's saying. Uh, and so other people are like, oh, you know, he's about to flip. And uh, I, I just don't know at this point. Why anybody would say, oh, okay, well, you know, Ole Miss is so much better destination than Mississippi State. You know, we're going through a little bump in the road right now. Ole Miss is staring their fifth losing season in a row right in the face. Five in a row, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. They're about to have their fifth losing season in a row. But to hear some of their media people tell it, oh, you know, it's a new day here. We're doing that. Listen. The days of Ole Miss being able to set the narrative on media in the state of Mississippi is over. It's over because there's now accountability. It's like I talked about at the beginning of the segment. You know, there used to be a time when you, know, you could speak and there was nobody like, oh, what's going on? Well, I don't understand. Those days are over because there's too many eyes on the, on the prize now. There's so many people that are involved. I mean, you can't just go out there and say whatever you want. I've fallen victim of that sometimes myself too. And you go out there and you say something and you think, okay, well, that's the end of it. And then things change. That's one thing about recruiting. Things change until they sign. But I can tell you today with confidence that McKellen Pounder says he's not flipping. Now, recruits are often noted for their honesty, right? Okay. Chris Jones said he wasn't flipping, but he still went up to Oxford and partied a few times. They tried to suggest that the joke was on us, but I think we had the last laugh because he goes up there and parties on their dime and then uh, signs of Mississippi State anyway. And so while it made for a, an interesting couple of weeks, Chris Jones was true to his word. And after Chris snuck off and went up there and said he wasn't going and he went, I talked to Chris that next day and I was like, hey, Chris, you don't have to tell me the truth, but don't lie to me. I mean, don't make me look bad out here. Chris Jones told me then, no matter what you see, no matter what you hear, I'm going to Mississippi State. Chris was trying to survive the process as best he could. You know, his family was kind of split on what he should do. But in the end, Chris Jones has true to his word to me and his word to you and his word to Mississippi State. Chris Jones went on, became a fan favorite at Mississippi State, had a great career, and is now one of the best defensive linemen in the game of football. And so who had the last laugh in that deal? Well, it's clearly Mississippi State. It was clearly us. It was clearly Chris Jones. And so, again, there are a lot of people out there that believe they can speak things into existence. You know, there's a lot of recruiting left to do over the course of the next few weeks. You know, most everybody's going to sign in December. You know, I mean, it would always be a concern. That, you know, there's some schools out there, Ole Miss being one of them, that is telling committed prospects, hey, we're hearing that you're going to be able to take visits in January. So if you don't sign in December, there's a good chance you can take a visit in January trying to get those guys to prolong the process which is the work of desperate people. So it's kind of like the whole thing last year. It's like, oh, you know, well, Lane Kiffin got hired and we haven't had a chance to meet with him. 
So don't sign with Joe Moorhead in December. Just wait and sign in February. Mississippi State will hold a spot for you. They'll wait for you, and that way you get a chance to give us a fair shake with the new staff. And then nobody bought. Nobody did it. All of Mississippi State's commitments last year signed with Mississippi State in December. Every single one of them, without fail. Every one of them did. Not a single one of them prolonged the process to go take a visit to Ole Miss. And that was a guarantee. They were guaranteed to be able to take a visit to Ole Miss last year. And they didn't do it. And so now there's just the mere possibility. And the word I'm hearing behind the scenes is that there's a chance there will be no in-person recruiting for the rest of the academic school year. Even if there is a vaccine. Because there's no guarantee that everybody's going to be vaccinated before they come. And so that's not going to happen in time for February. And let's say that the FDA grants approval to this vaccine from Pfizer or some other pharmaceutical company in December. Uh, what are the chances we're going to be able to get everybody involved in the process vaccinated in January in turn for you to take an official visit? Slim and none. But that's, that's, that's their role. That's, what, that's their spin right now is, hey, listen, you don't need to go sign right now. Just wait because we're here and you're going to be able to visit in January. It's not going to happen. But these are 17, 18-year-old kids they're talking to rather than people looking at all this through the lens of adulthood. And so, again, McKellen Pounder says he's not flipping. And so if he does, he, he's the one that went back on his word. But remember, people forget this too. He at any point in this recruiting process, including the day that he committed to Mississippi State, could have committed to Ole Miss. However, he chose to commit to Mississippi State. Ole Miss has continued to recruit him throughout this process, has told him that he has a spot there. So at any point since the day he committed to Mississippi State, he could have flipped to Ole Miss at any point. And then he's chosen not to do so. And so in the event that he does flip to Ole Miss, which I, you know, I won't be surprised either way. I mean, I've, I've learned not to get emotionally invested in the outcome of this stuff. I think that he sticks with state. Okay. But here's the deal. If he does decide to do something different, it's not going to be because of something that some recruiting reporter reported. It's going to be because that's what he wanted to do. You can't speak it into existence. And in many ways, there are a lot of people that put these rumors out there that actually backfires on their school. They don't realize that. They put stuff out there, and all of a sudden, because you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, if they're reporting this, it must be coming from the coaching staff. You know, it's just like when, uh, you know, We've recruited some kids in the past, and then the Ole Miss media will come out, you know, with the sour grape stuff and say, oh, well, Ole Miss didn't really want him. He's got character issues, or he's never going to qualify. Well, that gets back to the kid. And so any chance they had of flipping him is gone. Because people equate the news that is reported, they say, hey, what's attributed to sources, it must be somebody on the coaching staff. And so when they get out there and they say these things, in many ways, they're, they're actually doing Mississippi State a favor. Austin Barber is a name you should familiarize yourselves with. He is an offensive tackle. It's around 6'7", 300 pounds. 305, I guess, last report. Out of Jacksonville, Florida. Trinity Christian Academy out there in Jacksonville, Florida. Recently decommitted from Minnesota. We offered him back on October 19th, and uh, Michael Leach was on the phone with him last Friday. And then three days later, he uh, decommits in Minnesota, which we've known that he was going to decommit and pick a school closer to home. It's just it's too far from Jacksonville to, to Minneapolis. It just is. 
He is getting some interest from Miami. They have not offered. Virginia Tech, Maryland, Mississippi State appear to be the most serious about him right now. There are some other schools that have been in the mix here as of late since he reopened his recruitment. Uh, you know, and, and if Florida or Florida State offer, I mean, yeah, he's going to go there. But as it stands right now, I think Mississippi State is the team to beat. But this, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the course of the next few weeks. This is a mammoth of a kid. 6'7". You know, we talk about those big Texas Tech, Washington State linemen. These are the kind of kids they went out and got. So that would be our fifth offensive line prospect. And listen, three of the, three of the four committed are going to be here in January. Gabe Cavazos will be a December graduate. We had not talked much about him lately. Gabe Cavazos a good get for Mississippi State. Nick Jones out of East Mississippi Community College. Carson Williams out of Gulf Coast Community College. Those three will graduate in December and then be here in January. That's big stuff. It really is. And then you keep Mikaelin Pounders, who is the, uh, the top offensive lineman in the state, I mean, and he's not Derek Gerard. I mean, but, you know, he's, he's a guy that's going to be able to play. He's a guy that's got a bright future ahead of him. Then you add Austin Barber to that mix. And the next one, whether it be Austin Barber or somebody else, the fifth guy will be a high school guy. So that gives you three high school guys to kind of develop and get into the pipeline, but also gives you a couple of junior college guys to come in to provide some real competition in that room next year. Because, we, we, listen, you all see it, right? I mean, there's some guys that are going to move on at the year end anyway. But we need more competition in the room. We need to throw some numbers at the issue at offensive, at offensive line. And so that's what we're going to do. Go ahead and sign five and uh, kind of get our numbers up. And, and there's a good chance that Darian Parker comes back. You know, I think a lot of it's going to depend on what his NFL you know, draft paperwork looks like. But it would be nice to have him back. I think, it, I think you could make the case that he's Mississippi State's best offensive lineman. And if you get him back because this year doesn't count towards his eligibility, now all of a sudden you begin to think, okay, if Charles Cross and those guys continue to develop, you know, next year we can put some of this stuff behind us. But also, too, you because there is some dead weight on the roster at offensive line. There is. And so we've got to bring some guys in that can kind of push the other guys, the first-teamers, for, for playing time. And competition makes everybody better. I think it's important. Also, too, we talk about uh, in-state recruiting. You know, of the, the four commitments right now, all four of your offensive line recruitments, offensive line commitments, are all from Mississippi high schools. Cavasso's from Lake Cormorant, Pounder's from Bahelia, Nick Jones from Bahelia, Carson Williams from Scott Central. Those are four guys that, uh, you know, listen, when they, when, when they get go home, they got to listen to their old best friends and neighbors, the few that they have them. You know, the Egg Bowl is going to mean something to them. Wearing that Mississippi State jersey is going to mean something to them. Running out of that tunnel with that Mississippi flag in front of them is going to mean something to them. And I'm not saying we always got to cast our nets in the, in the home state, but I think it's important th- those guys kind of understand what it means to play at Mississippi State. I think it's something a little more special, you know, for our guys from Mississippi to be able to play for their state institution. And some of our greatest players have been out of staters, so in no way am I saying that they're not important. I'm just saying that I think the Mississippi kids get it. I think it maybe it means a little more during recruiting. Canvas Bookmart, longtime sponsors of this show. I was with them last week. I'm still recovering. I'm still recovering. Getting old. Canvas Bookmart, follow them 
on all forms of social media, Campus Book Marts. You can kind of keep up with their, their latest specials. But you need to shop online with them at campusbookmart.net. Anything that you're looking for Mississippi State related, you can find it right there at campusbookmart.net. Miss Kathy Brown, an incredible buyer. Anything out there Mississippi State related, she already has it or she can get it for you. And there's a lovely, talented Susie who kind of runs the uh, the brain trust right there at the front, the customer service area. Anything you need, she'll take care of it and serve us with a smile. And what a lovely smile it is. Go by, check them out. Stan the man's happy to see you. He'll even visit with you for a little while. He's the only guy that I know that can pull off that short sleeve button-up shirt and tie. He can do it. It's a trendsetter. Campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and I'll get you free shipping on all orders. Over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50. Absolutely incomplete. All right, let's talk signing day. Uh, women, the women signed three today. They will sign a fourth tomorrow. The most recent commitment to Mississippi State. Um, so let's run these down for you here real quick here. Uh, Kanisha Godfrey, 5'9", guard from Tampa Bay Tech. Out in Florida, of course, four-star, number 40th player nationally, the number 12 point guard. And she is more of a combo guard. She can shoot her down Hamlet. Maya Moore, Mia Moore, pardon me, 5'7", point guard from St. Francis, Georgia, four-star, the number 87th ranked player nationally, the number 22 point guard in the country. And then Jasmine Shavers, 5'10", guard from uh, – Horn High School out in Texas, four-star, the number 55 player, nice for the number 17 guard. And then they added Danae Carter yesterday, a six-foot wing from St. Basil Academy in Pennsylvania, uh, who is not yet to be rated. A couple things that stands out. Number one, we are still recruiting at an exceptionally high level. And number two, we're able to recruit nationally, which is what you would expect to do with Mississippi State. And you give Vic Schaefer a lot of credit for kind of building us into a national brand. And then you think about – uh, Nikki McCray Pinson's recruiting relationships out there. Uh, they've done a good job putting this class together. I think everybody can kind of feel good about the direction of the program. I'm eager to see this team on the floor. On the floor. We've got some really big – got some talent. We're number six in the nation in the AP poll, uh, right there in the mix uh, to compete for an SEC championship in a spot in the Final Four. But I'm eager to see what, what things are going to look like with this team. You know, how quickly will they embrace Nikki's system? How quickly will they be able to kind of acclimate to a new way of doing things? But here's the big thing. The ladies know how to shoot the basketball. They know how to play a little defense. But they know how to shoot. And that's one of the things the elite teams do because probably the greatest disparity in all of college sports is between the haves and the have-nots in, uh, in women's basketball. I mean, you know, you see some absolutely ungodly blowouts in women's basketball. And this is because you know, the, the talent is, uh, is kind of unrefined in some areas of the country. And so – Programs like Mississippi State and South Carolina and, and Tennessee, to a lesser extent, uh, you know, they're going to go out. They'll go into your state and sign your best players, and you're kind of left to pick through what's left over. And uh, in, in, in these G5 schools, it's very difficult for them. Baseball signed another big class too. Um, you know, Jackson Kahn's a big part of that. Big, big part of that. Tyler Haynes, Will Cannon. Pardon me, Will Cannon signing with Georgia State. I'm trying to follow Robbie's thread here. There's a thread over on Gene's page. But uh, you can go check that out. Good class and uh, interesting to see where it all ranks in the end. Let me run these names down here for you real quick as best I have them. And you can find these pinned at the top of the baseball forum on jeanspage.com. So 
here's who we have for the 2021 class. Here who has, has signed or expected to sign. And we'll confirm these as we go. Uh, right-handed pitcher Jackson Conn from Jackson Academy. Right-handed pitcher T- Tyler Haynes from uh, Central High School in Alabama. Left-handed pitcher Cole Cheatham from Ardmore High School over in Alabama. Infielder right-handed pitcher Hunter Haynes from Hines from Madison Central High School. You know right where that is. It's right here near the capital city. Uh, middle infielder Jeffrey Entz from Jackson Prep. Right-handed pitcher Jack Walker from Barb High School, Louisiana. They are a power in Louisiana. Um, Pico Cone out of uh, Chilton County, Alabama. Taylor Montiel out of Brentwood Academy in Tennessee. Maddox Bruns from UMS Wright over in Alabama. And you see there's a consistent theme recruiting over in Alabama. Ole Miss doing a lot of the same things. Catch your right-handed pitcher Bradley Wilson from uh, Lawrence High School in Georgia. Outfielder Trey Higgins from Oxford, Alabama. Shortstop Jordan McCants, Pensacola Catholic. He is an absolute stud. Got to hope we don't lose him to the draft. Outfielder James Wood of IMG. Catcher Gray Bain from Lewisburg High School right up the road uh, in DeSoto County. Infielder Aaron Downs from Heritage Academy. Left-handed pitcher Andrew Walling from Eastern Oklahoma. He's an Oregon State bounce back. And then outfielder Matt Quarter from Hines Community College. So that's the class. How it rates in the end, we'll find out. But, uh, you know, getting a big bounce back from Oregon State. That in, If you're going to get a pitcher from Oregon State, you've, you've done really well because Case and those guys did a great job recruiting. It's left-handed pitcher uh, Andrew Walling. If I'm not mistaken, he actually pitched against Mississippi State. Uh, so – that's what signing day looks like today. And listen, there are others around the, around the, the campus, but uh, those are ones I know of interest to you guys. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things you begin to look at. You know, this is a year-round deal for our coaches, and uh, it's been a very difficult, difficult stretch. No no official visits. They hadn't had to be able to get out and go sit in living rooms and, and be able to talk to people and, and have a chance to kind of break things down with them. Uh, face-to-face. So you're dealing with all of that, those impediments, but you know, your coaches still do a good job of, of recruiting. And I think they're to be commended. And I think it says a lot about these young people to kind of stay the course despite the fact they didn't get their normal recruitment. So that's kind of how things look uh, on signing day. Listen, for those of you that are looking to relocate to Starkville, Mississippi, or to relocate in the Starkville area, let me encourage you, give Portico a try. Portico, brand new residential development right here in Starkville, right off Garrett Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn and the Chrysler Jeep dealership. You know, that, you know where that is. You've passed it all the time coming to town. It's a mile from campus, just over a mile from campus. Easy access to both Highway 82 and 25. It's not going to be one of these huge metropolis complexes either, but it's not just going to be one of these little small neighborhoods in the country. It will be 51 houses total in development. 18 houses are already approaching move-in condition. There'll be 33 houses built in the second phase of construction. That'll begin sometime early next year. Houses will range from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, from two-bedroom, two-bath, up to four-bedroom, four-bath. They've got a house that accommodates any size family. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion area. Our good friend Brooks Bryan, known Brooks a long time, I tell you, and uh, when he contacted me about this, I was more than happy to get involved and and, uh, and, and work with him on this. But uh, Brooks is kind of heading this thing up. He is one of the developers. And so if you would like more information about Portico, about what's available, about what the options are, and maybe you want to go ahead and make a deal here, he can help you. 
Brooks Bryan, phone number 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. All right, before we get out of here, uh, so it's kind of a slow week for me after a busy week last week. I'm gonna So tomorrow afternoon uh, with the Octavaha County Library, I've got a Zoom call with them. I was supposed to be at the Lodge on Saturday. We've moved that. I'm moving that with the Auburn game. So I'll be back at the Lodge probably, I guess, three times between now and Christmas. But uh, I'll be with them on Black Friday, I believe, December, uh, November 19th. And uh, I remember December 19th, yeah, December 19th, and now December 12th, and Black Friday. So you'll have plenty of opportunities to see me at the Lodge. And uh, and then I'll, be, of course, be at Campus Book Mall. We've got a lot of things that we're booking. We'll kind of let you know. Uh, keep the reviews coming of Alpha Dogs. I've had so many people that have reached out that uh, – yeah, they were just flim flammers, and now that Alpha Dogs is out, they've gone back and bought Stark Villains and Alpha Dogs, and it's been nice to kind of revisit some of those stories because it's new to them. It's like, hey, Steve, I just read Stark Villains, and I love the story about Frank Carolla and, and Skeeter Edwards. Hey, Steve, I just finished this and loved hearing what Jackie Shiro had to say about college football rivalries, and you can find those books at alphadogsthebook.com. That's D-A-W-G-S, alphadogsthebook.com. And uh, listen, you need to go ahead and get those ordered. If you want to get personalized copies, it's best to go ahead. If You, you don't have to worry about a book signing. You don't have to worry about running a book down. You go to alphadogsthebook.com and uh, put in the notes who you want them signed to. And I'll sign them. I'll write whatever you want. And uh, you can have them delivered right to your home. And so if you live out of state, that's going to be the best option. And uh, we're going to do a lot of book signings between now and Christmas. But uh if you're trying to be a little bit health conscious or maybe it's just more convenient for you to online shop, alphadogsthebook.com is absolutely the way to go. You can get all three books there. You can get Flim Flam, you get Alpha Dogs, you get Stark Villains. I told you guys that um, something kind of big is happening, you know, with Flim Flam. And uh, I'll have more to say after next week. But uh, I have not let myself really get excited about it until now. One of the reasons why is because I just... I would hate to say, hey, this is going to happen, and then something fall through, because I've had my fingers crossed about this the whole way through the process. And uh, I'm finally kind of letting my emotions go a little bit, and I'm getting excited about this, because uh, I think it's something super cool. And uh, I think eventually we're going to have to probably do you know, an update to Flim Flam, probably do another printing, uh, just because of some cool things that are happening. And so I'll have more details on that, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I won't make you wait. Too, too terribly long. After next week, I'll be able to share some things with you um, because there'll be some finality to some of this and uh, we'll be able to talk you know, more in detail about what's coming because I think there's some cool things that you guys are going to be very, very proud of. And uh, I'm really proud of already. But uh, you know, once we get some, some paperwork signed and that sort of stuff, it's going to be a little different deal. You know, then it'll be official like a referee with a whistle. So I'll share that with you probably be after next week. But, uh, you know, some people are already kind of guessing around what it could be. And But uh, I'm amazed at some of the things that have happened here in the last couple months. And uh, you guys are a big reason why. And uh, listen, I'll take the credit for writing the book and putting up with all the nonsense. But, uh, you know, you guys have helped uh, help kind of create a buzz with all this stuff. And uh, it's it's been wonderful. And I can't thank you enough for that. So we'll be back on Friday. We'll preview that abbreviated SEC schedule. Between now and then, listen to some Stevie B. Listen to it. Love it. 
If you've never listened to it before, it's listen, it's not hardcore techno dance stuff. A lot of the stuff you've probably already heard anyway, but you're going to dig it. Stevie B always puts me in a good mood. He just does. Sometimes when I just, you know, I'm kind of reminiscing about the days when I had my black and white polka dotted, uh, you know, harem pants and I was uh, dancing all over the South, man. I, you know, I can put those, put, put on some comfortable clothes and put on Stevie B. And next thing you know, man, I'm, I'm 19 or 20 years old again, having a good time. Takes me back, man. Stevie B, thanks so much for uh, providing the soundtrack for today. But that's going to do it. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.